You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Top of the top, Monday morning. Welcome to everybody that's watching us live. Uh, same corner, same time, man. How you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Nice nice little weekend. Um, nice little relaxing weekend. Some time on the water, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, mm. relaxing all the way. So i got a busy few weeks coming up here, so uh, use this time to recharge my body. Treat my body like a temple. Were you captaining or a uh, passenger? I was captaining. I was captaining. I uh, went over to Beer Can Island, uh, which is just south of Tampa here. Hung out there for four or five hours. Uh, heat index, like 110 Wild. here in Tampa. Yeah, just unbearably hot. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, the team was out. Uh, not in the indoor yesterday, 108 heat index here. In Ooh. Shed some pounds. Just n- not enjoying being outside except for no. Silk. Uh, who's uh, training for the tour de France. Yeah, yeah man. Tyrone Armstrong around here getting my bicycle <laughs> in. It, it's definitely the heat has definitely been different. I've been trying to go out. My goal was to go out. I look at the weather app and figure out the hottest part of the day and say, yo, I'm going to do a bicycle ride at that time. I I, um, I caved in on Saturday and Sunday. It was just too vicious. So I took the weekend off. No bicycling this weekend. Um, so we were supposed to go to Bush Gardens on Saturday. Um, I guess the, the Tampa Gator mm. Club was doing like a small event there. Like I think they just got discounted tickets. They, were, they had a couple of different things that they were going to do. Woke up Saturday morning, went to the gym, came home, walked the dog, came back in. I said, Brooke, I just don't think that this heat – at eight o'clock in the morning, it's going to feel very, very good at uh, at ten to four. So we uh, skipped out on that. So uh, sorry, Tampa Gator Club wasn't able to make it. But uh, next time, do it in like October, maybe February. It's hot yeah, everywhere. It's, it's going to be ninety four in Salt Lake today. Woo! It's a dry heat though, Nick. That's what yeah, they'll no, tell you. No, no humidity out there, bro. They got some takes though, we'll something. See. Yes. Yeah, so uh, now, how was, how was your weekend, uh, Nick? You just uh, so practice and not, nothing else, nothing in the personal. Yeah, life. they uh, so Florida does like three days on, one day off, three days on. So when we got Saturday off, I just did nothing. Didn't go outside. Uh, just hung out with the wife at the house. Um, it, it's been a lot, a mm-hmm. lot uh, with that with that six day schedule. So uh, just relaxed, recharged. Yeah, Saturday I had to step out to – my son had football practice at 10 a.m. So I had to step out at 10 a.m., go out to Rivero. But uh, by the time 12.30 hit and it was wrapping up practice, it was just a different type of heat, bro. So after that, man, I was the same vibe. Just I was out. I felt like I practiced. It felt like I did two-a-days, ran the sprints, all of that, bro, after that. Just sitting there watching got me tired. <laughs> the coach would do, had him do up-downs for like 15 <laughs> minutes straight. And he was just chanting, uh, who's ready to quit? And I was just like, man, I'm me, me, me. <laughs> I'm ready. Me. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> me. 
I'm out, you're like you're like all the parents here sweating on the sidelines are ready to quit. Can you get our For sons sure. off the field, please? Yeah, they lost about four players, man. No doubt. <laughs> he had some takers. For sure, man. It's a different uh different culture out there in Rivera. Uh but but good coaches, good league. Excited. Working with the Elams out there. Seeing Matt, seeing Abe uh this this weekend. So that was always good vibes seeing, you know, some, some former gators out there or whatever, man. But uh, ready for football altogether. Let's get into some football. We got a lot of we got a lot. lot of spring camp takes and news. Yeah, it's spring and fall camp takes here. We can we can oh, revert back spring. to a few months ago, but uh, but yeah, let's see. Let's get into the show. Uh, before we do that, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. Uh, super chat questions go in. We'll try to read the uh, the chat throughout the uh, the show as well. See so if you guys have any additional questions. But super chat questions get uh, pushed to the front of the show but as always we do want to shout out alan horn with state farm insurance if you are in florida georgia tennessee or alabama and you are looking for automobile insurance life insurance boaters insurance homeowners insurance whatever it might be business insurance give alan a call 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. That's A-L-A-N-H-O-R-N-E insurance.com. Again, if you're in Florida, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, and you are shopping around your rates, which you should do at least once a year, if not every six months, insurance companies don't care about you, but Allen Horn does. So go give him a call, 706-692-2888. All right, gentlemen, uh, big news out of fall camp thus far. Not big news in terms of a surprise, but just uh, that we finally got Graham Mertz announced as a starting quarterback for the Florida Gators uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Again, no surprise, but uh, Nick Silk, any uh, final thoughts before we uh, hit off Mertz mania here? Um, I I think – what ultimately did it was just uh, Graham kind of becoming more familiar with the playbook, um, processing faster, his experience, obviously. Um, I have seen him hitting those short intermediate passes. Everyone that I talk to says he's a guy that is going to get you really high football IQ, going to get you in and out of the right plays. Um, and, and the team has taken to him. I mean, for the past two months, guys have been talking about Graham Mertz being a leader, um, things like that. So, uh, I guess it was breaking news, but not really breaking mm-hmm. news because it was kind of uh, expected at this point. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Just been waiting on it to be announced. We've already already been hearing, you know, behind the scenes that it was uh, Mertz and then everybody else. Um, we talked QB two a little bit here, but mm-hmm. yeah, just ready, ready to see what it all is. You know, uh, he got the number fifteen on. He got the nod. I'm hearing some good things, like Nick said, with the intermediate throws and the leadership and getting us in and out of bad plays. Uh, so just excited to see what it looks like this fall. It's been a lot of takes about the quarterback position all offseason. And then as we get closer to camp, you start seeing the fans turn into fans and giving some hope. <laughs> and the vibes start changing a little bit. That's why I didn't waste my time in April and May crying because fans are going to be fans. And we'll, we'll, we'll adjust when the games get ready to get played and be a little bit more rational and patient. Um, once the bullets start flying, we'll see what it is. But right now the vibes is good when it, when it pertains to quarterback. We're just in wait and see mode. 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, we've, we expected it. You know, we, we thought that Graham Mertz was going to be the starter when he came to Florida, obviously a, a guy that had a, a bit of a rocky uh, career at Wisconsin, highly talented guy coming out of high school. Uh, but again, you know, Florida brought him in to, to be a starting quarterback. They needed a starting quarterback and either he was going to be the starter or he was going to push Jack Miller or Max Brown uh, to be that starter. So he wins that spot. Also gets the aux cord in the locker room. Nick pre-show was a little bit surprised that a guy from from Overland Park, Kansas, right outside of Kansas City, spent some time in Wisconsin, was given the aux cord. Nick, what do you think he's playing? Is a little little baby, or is he putting on Morgan Wallen? I don't know. I mean, uh, who am I to speak on people's music? I played a sea shanty uh, as sure my did. song of the week one time. Um, just surprised me. Maybe maybe. Maybe Graham's like that. I just didn't think him. that he got the dance he, moves. I seen him and Pierce all get off on on the clips a little bit, so he got some sauce. He know how to swag a little bit. I just didn't think a kid from Kansas who spent four years at Wisconsin would come down to the University of Florida and uh, and uh, be the DJ. So color me surprised. I wasn't surprised. I thought I seen the dance moves with him and Pierce all, bro. I was like, all right, you know, he got a little rhythm. You feel me? He might know what he's doing a little bit. Uh, as far as what he listening to, probably who's Midwest? Who's jumping in the Midwest rapper wise? Nobody. Hmm. Well, I mean, you have Chicago there in the Midwest. Um, A little Keith, you know. I'm looking up famous Midwestern rappers. Twista, maybe. Um, That's old common. Twist, Twist is old. Yeah, Lupe Thomas Fiasco. These are all old names that I'm going through that Super I know. Old. You know, Nelly's from the other side. You know, can, you know, Kansas City's split Missouri and Kansas. Showing your age, bro. St. Louis. You know, maybe he's throwing some Nelly on. You know, do you want to go and take a ride with me? Through the... All right, then. No? All right, all right. So uh, anyway, Graham Mertz got the ox cord. Hopefully, not playing Nelly Common and Lupe Fiasco, but but who knows? So uh, that's the big news. A little out dirt. Of... I think you got some little dirt going. Say what? Some little dirt. Little Dirk, okay. Yeah. That's what the All kids right. are jamming. Well, uh, Graham, we know you listen to this podcast. Just let us know what you're throwing <laughs> on the uh, the ox cord there. Uh, let's see. Let's get into the other piece of big news that came out of camp. Unfortunately, uh, expected starter defensive end Justice Boone, who I think we are all very, very excited about to be on the opposite side of Prince Ian McMillan, does go out for the year with an ACL injury. Tough break for the Gators. Um, Nick, let's talk a little bit about that, and then we'll talk a little bit about that replacement of, of that position. Yeah, so um, there was like a little bit, a little debate on it. So uh, the defensive ends and the, I think they're calling them F, the edge rushers, um, are both getting coached by Mike Peterson this year. So there was some debate on whether Boone was a defensive end or, you know, that Jack linebacker. I think he mm -hmm. could have played both. Um, uh, not a starter but kind of a starter you know depending on princely yeah. and depending on, on um what kind of formation you're in uh, but certainly a kid that had had worked his butt off um even before he was playing last year um someone who had already gotten the ear of the locker room demanded respect commanded respect um had turned himself into a leader um so tough tough break uh, especially happening you know just celebrating running off the field in a scrimmage not even um you know not even getting to play a game so i think trying to fill that role um, immediately Tyreek Sapp moved from mm -hmm. Sean Spencer's group yesterday into Mike Peterson's group. So poor, I mean, Tyreek Sapp was an edge rusher in high school. 
they they got him to Florida and they were like, hey, you need to play defensive tackle. And he's put on like 40 pounds. And now they're like, hey, man, by the way, uh, for your fourth year, after putting all that weight, we need you to go back outside. Um, so I don't know if he'll stay at that 270 or try to drop a little bit of weight, but uh, Tyreek Sapp will probably be the guy, the first guy that gets that look. And then you start looking at some younger guys, Kelby Collins, TJ Searcy, mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and Jack Pyburn. Yeah, no, Jack Pyburn. The hive is is heavy right now for Jack Pyburn, especially from the folks in Jacksonville uh, that are eagerly awaiting uh, his arrival. Heard some good things out of camp, uh, out of him. So uh, your thoughts on, uh, on Justice Boone? It's more of the same. I want to regurgitate a lot what Nick said. Mm -hmm. uh, a guy that we was going to count on to make some plays this fall. Um, but we're deep in the trenches. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm high on that front that front seven altogether. So just hearing the guys like Pyburn, hearing he had a great uh, scrimmage and put up some numbers. Uh, I'm very high on Tyreek Sapp as well. I thought he was more suited just from his frame-wise, more suited at defensive end regardless. Um, didn't, didn't really couldn't, couldn't feel out the whole defensive tackle vibe. So mm -hmm. him moving back outside, um, very high on Kelby Collins. Uh, so, you know, a young boy that got on campus in early as far as and got to play some spring ball. Uh, so he has some some experience under him as far as, you know, uh, getting himself ready and, and playing against college bodies and offensive linemen. So I'm, I'm not down at the position at all. I think we mm -hmm. got a lot of good players at that position that we can rotate and not lose uh, a lot of production. Just unfortunate for Justin Justice Boone. We'll see what he looked like when he get back. Um, but I'm still optimistic at the position and also my front seven. Absolutely. Yeah, it, def it definitely hurts the depth. You know, one of the things we've been or I've been talking about is just how many snaps um, some of these defensive tackles had to play last year, just how many snaps Princely had to play last year, and that you were getting to a point uh, where you could rotate guys and keep those defensive linemen fresh throughout the course of a game. Um, and, and this hurts that depth because this is a guy who would have played a ton of snaps for Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last season played all 13 games as a redshirt freshman, 24 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and one and a half sacks. So uh, unfortunate for the Gators, certainly. We wish him um, a quick recovery, a healthy recovery. It's just it's sad when it's a non-contact injury celebration post-play uh, type of situation. Uh, but uh, but again, we wish you uh, the, uh, the, the best of luck justice and in hope that uh, you can come back next year um you know and re-earn that spot and re-earn those snaps but but like you guys said there is a lot of depth there Tyreek Sapp is the name that a lot of fans are are clamoring for um Kelby Collins is a guy that obviously you recruited beat out Alabama beat out a number of other big schools as a freshman you know, you're still going to have those mistakes there thought Boone would have been you know that nice depth piece again Florida just has this situation where they have a lot of really young, talented players that have been infused in the program over the last year or two. But you need those third, fourth, and fifth-year guys to uh, to be able to take a majority of those snaps when they can. And so uh, it's an unfortunate situation, but certainly we uh, lift our prayers up to uh, Justice Boone and hope uh, that he has a healthy recovery and looking forward to having him back for next season. Um, Nick, um, want to talk. We're going to go a little bit out of sync here. Just deal with it. If you listen to this program, you know we don't follow a, a traditional order. Jack Pyburn, um, a guy that a lot of fans are excited about as well, uh, You know, kind of came on late last year, played some time on special teams and everything else. But uh, a lot of excitement out of uh, out of him. What, uh, what do you think his role might be in, in replacing? 
Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, it, kind of like a spark plug on uh, on special teams last year. Um, sophomore from from your favorite county uh, in, in the state, um, and was it, it like an elite wrestler? Um, so when you talk about a wrestler on the offensive or defensive line, those are guys that that understand leverages um, and obviously uh, hard workers. So I think Jack's got a ton of potential. Uh, he showed it a little bit. He had a bunch of sacks, or I think two, three sacks in the. Uh, in the scrimmage and he's a guy who I think will play, you know, behind Princely um, certainly be back on special teams. Um, you're going to need somebody to step up, you know, whether it's one of the freshmen, whether it's Jack Pyburn, you're going to need somebody. Uh, and Pyburn has, you know, the experience of, of playing eight games last year. Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's get into uh, fall practice updates for another week behind us, including a scrimmage uh, that they had just a few days ago. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at the Gatorverse. Go visit thegatorverse.io. You can get a Trevor ETN signed card there. Uh, there's discounts when you come to, to uh, Gainesville uh, as well, both at restaurants and Airbnb type situations as well. So go visit them, gatorverse.io. You can support dozens of Florida Gator athletes uh, with your subscription uh, to the Gatorverse. So again, that's G-A-T-A-verse, V-E-R-S-E dot I-O. So Gatorverse dot I-O. Go support student athletes. Uh, it is the newest uh, way to support University of Florida athletes. So again, Gatorverse dot I-O. Nick, why don't you go ahead and give us a rundown of the past week? We'll get into some injuries. We'll get into some specifics. But from your time out there, you know, over the last seven days, uh, what have you noticed um, about the team? Um, I, I think the biggest thing that we see when we go out there is just kind of, and I don't know if it's um, just, uh, you know, handling the load that some guys have and, and trying to keep them healthy, oh. but just. Seeing just seeing guys seeing guys Whoa. jump in and out of those uh, non-contact jerseys and and you know I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's a cause for concern but like when I walked out to practice and I see you know Mike Mazuka still non-contact even though he was going through some stuff and then uh, Richie Leonard is in a non-contact off to the side working and I'm like okay well that's your two starting guards that's not good um, and then both of them come back so it, I think it's just load management pause. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's one thing. It, it, like guys have been going down, whether it's just for a day or two. Um, I think Florida doesn't have the depth to to withstand a lot of injuries, specifically on the offensive line. I think at tackle right now, you're looking at uh, Damian Barber and then Lindell Hudson from FIU is really the only the third tackle that you feel comfortable with right now. Um, so to me, it's it, you got to keep these guys healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, the other one is, and, and I wrote about it, I think yesterday, um, the freshman receivers are, are, are ready. And I don't know. I think Ricky obviously is proven. I think Caleb Douglas will make a name for himself this year. There's some guys like Jaquavion Frazier's you gotta, this is the year of like put up or shut up. You got, you gotta start, start, uh, producing. Um, if not, then like Ada Mizell, Trey Wilson, and and uh, Andy Jean are going to be coming to get some to get some reps to get some starts. Um, I really like the, the the progression of those guys. So um, I think those are the biggest things. And then and then Arlo's boarding him. I mean, I I keep talking about him. You got to figure out a way to get the ball in his hands. 
I love it. Let's go position position by position here. Let's just talk offense. We'll, we'll do a, a bigger breakdown of the offensive line and defensive tackles on today's show. Uh, but, Nick, let's talk a little bit about quarterback. Obviously, Graham Mertz, we, we've talked about, is the named starter. Jack Miller out. Uh, looks like he was doing some backpedaling sleds uh, on the picture that was posted. Uh, any cause for concern uh, other than a broken heart of uh, Jack Miller? The way, yeah, the way that Billy's labeling injuries now, upper body, lower body, it was love it. Upper upper body parentheses, broken heart. No, the uh, Florida told us after um, last night before media that um, it was just to rest his arm um, from throwing. So uh, not expected to be anything serious there. And, um, you know, I think we touched on it last week. You know, I, I wonder what the quarterback situation would be if, you know, knock on wood, Graham Mertz were to get hurt in the first quarter against Utah, who would you go to versus, hey, we need a little spark and, and Max Brown can give you something with his legs. So uh, quarterback, no controversy there. Uh, it's going to be Graham Mertz as, as long as he's healthy. So what are your thoughts? you think Max Brown, Jack Miller, what are your, what's your take there? Uh, my take still the same. I just think Max Brown. If 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 we're going to it, like, it just depends on the game and the situations. Like we said before, mm -hmm. uh, if it's Utah and, and and Graham was to go down, I would think it would probably be Jack Miller just from mm -hmm. a inexperienced standpoint with Max Brown. But uh, as far as ceiling, I think he provided a higher ceiling and his capability to to lead the pocket and do some things with his legs. Um, just want to harp on a little bit more what he was saying with the receivers. Uh, those young boys just have the ability. They're saying that, um. Graham is, is doing very good with intermediate throws. These guys mm -hmm. have the ability to catch an immediate throw and, and uh, intermediate throw and, and turn it into a big game uh, with their speed of, of Eugene Wilson and Andy Mazzell. So that's going to be the difference. Uh, I do like Douglas' speed, but some of the other guys are, aren't like Jaquavion Frazier's aren't burners. Uh, they're more possession receivers. So those young boys just provide some upside with catching an intermediate pass and being able to make guys miss and take it to the crib. Uh, and I've seen in just the clips or the highlights that the football – uh, Twitter put out, you know, Mizell scoring some touchdowns mm -hmm. and then look like he's just catching the ball and not running guys. So that's going to be the biggest difference with the, uh, the young boys at receiver. Yeah. Um, I know Eugene Wilson, just to move to wide receivers, was named uh, to ESPN's top 50 newcomers list. So that's uh, certainly a, a good honor to have for him. And the expectations are going to be high uh, there. Nick, let's, let's move to wide receiver, then we'll go back to running back. Um, obviously, you know, every fan is excited about the speed and the, the quality of the, the new guys that are coming in. Obviously, Ricky Pearsall, Caleb Douglas are names that, that everybody knows. Is there any other names that have stuck out or not stuck out uh, this year uh, in camp so far? Um, I think I've been really impressed with Caleb Douglas. Um, obviously, a kid that played uh, quarterback for most of his high school career, switched to receiver late. He, he was still learning. Um, the position, I think he'll, you'll see a, a jump as he gets more comfortable, not only with being a receiver, but the speed of the game, um, things like that, Ricky Pearsall. And then I'm looking for a, a third receiver. I think right now that's probably um, uh, shoot Marcus Burke. Um, okay. But uh, other than that, I think, I think I really see an opportunity for the freshmen to get some time. You know, you've got Ty Bowman, um, Khalil Jackson's a guy that they're really high on. Uh, and then outside of that, it's it, it's the young guys. 
What do you think the order is of the young guys? Do you think there is of, of who would see the field first? Obviously there's going to be right. Um, but do you mm -hmm. think that that list has started to make itself known yet or, or not yet? I, um, I don't know that it is yet. Um, okay. And that could be a, a week to week thing, especially when you're talking about younger players. Um, it might just be who had a good week of practice and, and knew the install for that week. Mm -hmm. Um you know, when you're talking about freshmen, some of them just it takes longer to click. These guys have all the physical talent in the world, um, but you can't replicate, you know, game speed in, in a game day environment. So that'll be something they have to experience for themselves. Well, who would you, and obviously we're not there, um, but who would you guys have as wide receiver number one of the freshmen? Just a little pontificating. Yeah, I don't have enough uh, information to be honest with you, but I think they all bring something different to the table. Uh, I think Eugene Wilson needs some work on his route running. Uh, he's explosive, but I think there's some things he can clean up in his route running. And mm -hmm. Andy Gene is a more polished route runner. Uh, top end speed, it, it could go either Mazel or Eugene Wilson. I think they all bring something different to the table, but uh, Mazel has top end speed, but he's a better route runner than Eugene. So I just think mm -hmm. it just depends on what the offense is trying to do. If you're trying to do a jet sweep or throw a bubble screen, that could be, you know, a, a play you want to get to to uh, Andy Mizell or Eugene Wilson. Uh, but if it's a, you know, a post corner, and that may be something that Andy Gene could set up and do. I think I just think they bring something different to the table, and it's just a crap shoot. Uh, I don't know if there's a particular pecking order between the three. Yeah. Uh, if I, I know that they get the most touches, I would think Eugene Wilson gets the most touches this fall if I had to pick one. I like that. I know that they play different positions. Appreciate you pointing that out, Harrison. Uh, just more so just, just on the field. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know that there's a, a, a pecking order just yet, but I think uh, – and then if we're talking overall touches, I think you'll see Eugene Wilson on special teams um, mm. so if, we're, if we're not just talking receptions. Um, I think Andy Mizell has probably made more plays than the other two, but I think I, I like – Andy Jean from just an overall standpoint right now. Obviously, Mizell has um, elite speed. Um, I think I like Jean. And then, I mean, if Ricky, like I, I've said it a bunch of times, if Ricky um, had gone to the NFL, I think Trey Wilson would be starting it in the slot at some point, mm. sooner rather than later. Do you think we see – I know Khalil Jackson got put on scholarship again this year um, – do you think we see him play much at wide receiver this year? I know he played a lot of special teams last year. I uh, played up in some mop-up time into the game type of stuff. But do you see? Uh, do you think we'll see him much on the field this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not a lot of guys outside of the three freshmen. You right. Know, uh, when you run down the list, it's who's going to get those reps? Is it Marcus Burke? Is it Khalil Jackson? Um, I, it, there's really and then Jaquavion Frazier's. I think there's three guys for you know for that other outside spot. Um, and, uh, you know, across from, from Caleb Douglas. So I think you'll see a lot of those guys and, and they'll rotate. They'll have a healthy rotation that you'll see all three freshmen getting in. And then you'll see Frazier's Jackson um, and Burke as well. Um, I know that Keith Niebuhr brought this up and, you know, it's both a, a good sign. You know, it's a double-edged sword here, right? It's a, it's great that Florida has three young freshman studs at wide receiver that seem to be transitioning to fall camp really, really well. Um, you know, the uh, double-edged sword there is that you don't have a lot of, you know, juniors, seniors and, and upperclassmen, you know, level talent that are that are taking those reps. But um, is this the most excited you've been about a, a wide receiving group? of freshmen 
Um, Keith brought up that that Florida really hasn't had a, a group contribute as freshmen since I think let's see going back I think he said Redell and Ike in 1994 so you know almost 30 years ago uh, you know some people brought up Percy Harvin and Riley Cooper Riley Cooper didn't play a ton as a freshman at wide wide receiver but um, is this the most excited that, that we've been about a group of freshman receivers in in recent history probably right yeah, as a group, yeah. Uh, Callaway got got off as uh, Paul's uh, as a hmm. freshman as well, uh, but as a group, I I haven't had you know any thoughts of maybe these guys. I think at at, at some point, like all these guys, gonna be uh, very important pieces to wins or to to certain mm-hmm. drives, uh, special teams, all of that. And I think Pearsall's also a guy that could go on the outside in that way because if you're trying to get your best receivers on the field in that regard, that that in that in that um. Re- um and, and and Eugene Wilson is probably going to be one of your most explosive players. Like I think we can move Pearsall to the outside. I believe I saw that somewhere where he's uh, getting some reps on the outside as well to be able to get a guy like Eugene at the slot. Uh, so there's a lot of flexibility. I'm not I'm not scared to to put three freshmen out there at those positions. These guys are from Florida. They played big time football already. They played with some of the best competition when it pertains to camps, uh, and they're proving themselves playing against our secondary, which is no mm-hmm. slouches out there. So. Uh, if they could play versus our secondary in our corners, I think they could play versus uh, any any secondary in the country. Um, so I just believe in what we got at receiver. Uh, and from the veterans, too, I think we're sleeping on Marcus Burke a little bit. I think Burke mm-hmm. is going to be very good. Uh, I like Caleb Douglas. He just got to sure up his hands and catch some of those balls that he dropped at the Florida State game. He got to bring those in. Um, and we already speak highly of, of Pearsall. So I think we got a good balance of mm-hmm. upperclassmen and freshmen to balance this thing out a little bit. Yeah, I think that that puts the Gators at, at probably six to, to seven pretty reliable receivers uh, there, which you're usually only putting three on the field uh, at one time. So uh, so Florida should – you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see the maturation process of Eugene Wilson, Aiden Mizell, and Andy Jean all seem really bought in and all seem like they will get some considerable playing time uh, even early this season. So excited to watch that and, and watch them – you know, with their their speed and space, which is what uh, Florida and Billy Gonzalez have said that they really want out of this uh, group and this next group of wide receivers that they're recruiting as well. Uh, running back seems like we've we've been tooting this horn for a long time now. Uh, the three headed monster of Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, and Cam Carroll. Uh, things seem to be going really well still, and it seems like Cam Carroll's still fighting his way to to make sure that he gets some snaps this year. I mean, he's going to get snaps. Um, yeah. You know, there there there'll be snaps for him. I think Florida's gonna run the ball a ton. Um I thought he was crazy when he got here. Um, but he, he's earned it. Um he runs hard. Uh I think he's faster than most people would think at his size. Um and he's one of the he's the best pass catcher. One of he's the best pass catcher um uh, that group. And I think the other thing too that maybe we didn't even talk about it in terms of Florida being can I think on the the, another running. You need the J five still alive. Breaking Ooh. up a little bit. J five short, short circuit reference. Oh. Ever seen that movie? <laughs> you were uh, you, you, you broke were. up a little bit. Oh, let me restart this computer and I'll come back. <laughs> All right. Um, Nick said, uh, Kim Carroll, best pass catching uh, running back out of the group. So excited to see uh, what happens there. Obviously, Montreal Johnson, a guy that. You know, did very, very well for Florida last year. Probably 
uh, a guy that's still a little bit under the radar, Trevor Etienne, obviously very talented, both different type of backs. Trevor Etienne also gets the, the name recognition of his brother Travis uh, playing for the, uh, the Jaguars and obviously doing really well at Clemson there. But, uh, but Silk, that seems like a, a solid group, and I'm definitely excited to see uh, how they carry this offense because I think that them being as good as, as they hopefully are is going to allow Graham Mertz to not only make some of the short and intermediate throws, uh, but to be able to protect him and you know maybe even make one of those deep ball passes. Yeah, I think they're going to use Cam to wear defenses down in that fourth quarter. We got a lead. You know, he's a bigger back than the other two. And I think Montreal, and they, they, they have plenty of size. But uh, when I see any visuals of Cam Carroll, he looks like an NFL SEC running back. And, you know, that's a bruiser. We got some different styles. Uh, we got some guys that could, you know, got good vision, great feet. And then you just bring a heavier guy in in the fourth quarter that is just as good as the, the front two, uh, the first two. And you're just wearing defenses down. So that's a, that's that's the role I see Cam Carroll in. I love that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, and then you know it's less stress and pressure if one of those guys go down. We worried about you know throwing Trey Young well about their freshman. Mm-hmm. We got a veteran guy that understands the offense and, and can keep us you know keep the keep the chains moving and keep the offense going because a lot of this is gonna be predicated off of play action football in the run game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, that group seems to just continue to impress uh, throughout the fall. Uh, excited to see how those snaps uh, shake out, but I definitely think that you'll see more Cam Carroll than we thought when he announced his transfer but seven, eight months ago uh, to University of Florida. So uh, that group is as good as advertised. We'll wait for Nick to come back where we talk a little bit about more on the offensive line, and we'll probably pause that discussion because we're going to talk a little bit more about it later in the program. But uh, seems like Arliss Boardingham, uh, Dante Zanders, um, uh, and Odom are your your three options there at, at tight end, but Arliss Boardingham continues to impress, and I think that you're going to see a lot out of him. He's just a little bit different than those guys. Maybe his blocking uh, isn't as sure as an Odom uh, or a Zanders, but you know it's it's hard to keep what we've heard uh, off the field, especially the the lack of production from tight end last year at Florida. Yeah, just a playmaker. I'm just here. Yeah. I'm glad to hear from because we're we're all I mean, we start off season and even going to spring football. We're talking about just a, a you know if the offensive line is healthy and we can run the ball. We'll be okay and play defense. But to start hearing guys like Arliss Bordenham and this group of young wide receivers making plays outside of the run game is just super optimistic and, and good things to hear from this offense. Um, being able to hit you know the running back throws. Uh, some of the tight end intermediate throws, uh, I think it's just going to make our offense uh, click a little better this year. Uh, I don't think Graham Mercy is a better quarterback than, than or skill set, I would say, or mm-hmm. ceiling is higher than Anthony Richardson. But some of the, the small things that we need to do just to be a successful offense, like hitting in, intermediate, intermediate throws, uh, you know, being able to throw a slant that's not too hot, being mm-hmm. able to hit swing passes, whatever it may be, it's going to make us an overall better team. My biggest concern right now, like I think Artis Bornham is going to be real good. Uh, the, the drop-off from him as a play, there is a drop-off from him to the other guys for his playmaking abilities. I like Odom. Uh, he blocked well. He could be a reliable catcher, but getting open may be not his strength. So there is a drop-off. We need Artis Bornham to stay healthy, and we also need the offensive line uh, to stay as healthy as possible. If these guys stay healthy, you know, like eight wins, nine wins is not far-fetched whatsoever. It's just all about help at this point. Absolutely. Well, Nick, do we have you back? I think so. I might just try no video. I don't know what's going on with my internet. 
All right, that works. Uh, let's get into we'll, we'll pause the offensive line discussion here just because we're going to talk a little bit more about them. And we're going to also pause the defensive tackle discussion. We'll talk about the outside uh, of the defense here. Before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Fango Tickets. Appreciate a number of you people. Our number of you guys have already signed up uh, for Fango. If you are a Florida Gators fan, a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, or a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, it is the place to go to be able to put your season tickets up in an Airbnb style situation where you can pick and choose which games you want to put up for sale. There's no fees for the buyer. So if you're looking to for tickets for you know the Florida Tennessee game, the Florida Arkansas game, maybe a Tampa Bay Lightning game, maybe a Bucks game, uh, go check out fangotickets.com. Started by a Florida Gator alum. Uh, great website great uh, great new opportunity for you to be able to put your tickets up for sale uh, and like i said if you are looking to buy tickets there are no fees for the buyer all right so let's get into the defensive uh, side of the ball and yes michael uh, rope asked question is zip out for the season the answer is yes he will be back hopefully next season uh, uh nick we quick, talked a little we, bit about justice real, real. boone uh, on that defensive end um, obviously, Princely Uma Milan is is as good as advertised so far in practice as well. Uh, Jack Pyburn is a name. Uh, Tyreek Sapp, uh, you know, is a name. Kelby Collins. Talk just a little bit about the defensive ends. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, you're gonna have two different um, two different kind of positions there. You know, Princely is the Jack, and I think they they call it the F. Um, it's your edge rusher, and then you've got guys um, like Kelby Collins and. Um, uh, Justice Boone was playing more of that defensive end. I think he, we've already seen Tyreek Sapp slide over there. I think that's going to be your next starter. Um, so you're, you're losing Boone hurts. Um, you've got a bunch of depth. It's it's not really proven when you talk about guys like Pyburn, uh, Cameron James, who's just a freshman, TJ Searcy, who's just a freshman, Kelby Collins, just a freshman, um, and, the, and then Jack Pyburn. So there's some guys there. I think you're just going to have to you know challenge some guys to step up and and uh, maybe play a little bit more than you thought they would have to um, at this point for this, you know, uh, for where they are. Um, but, but you've got guys and, and you know, uh, I think you'll be okay out there. And, and I'm interested to see what Tyreek Sapp does body wise. If he stays, like I said before, if he stays at 270 or if he tries to drop some weight um, playing outside again. Uh Silk, any additional thoughts? I know we kind of talked about it with uh, with Justice Boone, and then we'll get on to uh, the linebackers here. Yeah, uh, just more to say, I think Tyree Sapp is your, is your go-to guy there. We'll mm -hmm. see how fast he adjusts in, in camp-wise. But he did do some defensive end during spring as well. So uh, they have been, you know, using him in different spots, uh, trying to get some versatility out of him. Uh, but that's all. I think we just wait and see what the young boys look like. I think we were recruited well mm -hmm. in the position. We brought some talent in. And now we get to see what these guys look like, you know, after developing a little bit. Make sure y'all pound that like button, hit subscribe, like, like, like. And uh, that, that helps us a big time with climbing the algorithms and getting this mm -hmm. thing buzzing a little bit. So we appreciate y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we Let's go to linebacker here quickly. Um, Nick, I know that you wrote about it in one of your uh, on three articles entitled Double Take with Delatore. What has surprised you <laughs> from Florida Gators camp? Um, when uh, asked the question, has anything surprised you during fall camp? You mentioned the linebackers. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. Ventro Miller 
and Amari Bernie, 120 games of experience between the two of them. They left. Uh, and then you mentioned the the, uh, the linebackers, and so that's a group of Taraji Mitchell, Deuce Spurlock, Manny Nunnery, Derek Wingo, Shamar James, Scooby Williams, and Jaden Robinson. Uh, seems to me like Billy Napier's pretty high on them, but also that you might be uh, high on them as well. What are your uh, give us your take there, and then uh, Silk, uh, give us your thoughts. Yeah, it. Um, I don't know that Taraji Mitchell is uh, you know uh, a better. Better in coverage than Amari Bernie or, or you know or Ventro Miller. I think that'll be more of Shamar James's role. Um, I just I just thought it, it it stood out to me that he showed up um, in first practice, first week of, of spring uh, was already calling the defense. Um, obviously, a six year player has dealt with some injuries, uh, brings veteran leadership to that room where you've got some younger guys, um, and, and I think Shamar James is back at practice. Keep him healthy. Um, he's going to be huge. And then behind them, you've got some, some younger guys, some Derek Wingo, not young, but, uh, he's backing up Scooby Williams, borderline young retro sophomore hasn't played a ton yet. Uh, and then Deuce Spurlock. And I think Manny Nunnery kind of, um, filling in there the third spot. I think Nunnery's surprised me a little bit as well. Um, just really instinctual. Um, I, a guy that I kind of only penciled in to play on special teams. I think he might, you know, get a little bit of run um on defense too yeah the biggest thing is a physical presence uh i liked ventura miller when he was out you know there was just a lack of physical presence from the mm -hmm. linebackers we had whether it was bernie um well bernie could run sideline and sideline and he did improve shot to jay bates uh on on bateman on, on getting him better as a linebacker but there was a different uh, element missing that, that you want from your linebacker and this is a physical presence and imposing presence and i think mcmitchell and Shamar James is going to bring that back, even with the guys that are backing them up. Uh, they just bring a different physical presence, uh, coming downhill, filling holes. Uh, the defensive line is going to make them better as well. We got a better mm -hmm. defensive tackle room, so that's going to improve um, their play. But uh, I think it's just from hearing what I'm hearing, guys at camp, when they speak about uh, Miguel Mitchell, it, and they're saying he's a heat-seeking missile, uh, and he's ready to thump guys. That's just an element at linebacker we've been missing for a little bit. I know Ventrell brought that, but – um, often injured guy. We missed that presence quite a bit from our defense the last few years. So uh, that's the biggest thing I think we're going to get from the linebacker, linebacker group this year. Yeah, I, I'm, um, and real quick, I misspoke. Shamar wasn't at practice yesterday, but he should be back either late this week. I don't know if you you have him scrimmage. Um, mm -hmm. They're going to scrimmage again this week, but um, on schedule to be back this week. No, yeah, we, originally we, said we that he would do. be out for one to two weeks, uh, Shamar James, that is, uh, and wanted to be cautious to rush him back uh, to the field. Obviously, a guy that has you know quite a bit of experience from last year, including the spring and up to his injury here in fall. Uh, a guy that's you know definitely penned in as a starter. Uh, you know, forty-seven tackles last year, two sacks, uh, forced fumble, freshman All SEC. So it, it's expected that that he is going to be you know not only recovered, but, you know, certainly to take that spot back. But I do think it gives an opportunity with somebody like Derek Wingo, who's taken those snaps to, to get better uh, and to play against the ones and to, you know, continue to grow his skill set because Florida's going to rely uh, on him. You know, I know one of the big things that Florida, you know, missed last year is while they had the the physical presence like that you were mentioning, you know, Florida's also missing uh, some some linebacking support when it came to uh, 
to uh, to passing uh, patterns in, in passing routes. So you know, hopefully with a little bit more athleticism uh, in that backfield, a little bit faster, a little bit more uh, sideline to sideline, Florida can. Um, you know, improve there because I know that that was a big gap in Florida's defense last year uh, when they were getting gashed up by a, by a lot of tight ends and a lot of your your short to intermediate uh, routes that were going through the center of the field. But um, but yeah, no good group uh, as a whole. Surprised by you know what we've seen out of uh, a few of those guys, and you know excited that you know the Gators were able to get uh, Taraji Mitchell into that group. Um, Let's I go to see, uh, I, I want to see Manny Nunnery though. A lot of people yeah. speaking speaking highly of him, so I'm excited to see him in action. Haven't really uh, seen him get busy. Uh, Michael Stewart in the comments asked me why am I in the locker room? Because um, I'm checking on my nephews, Michael. <laughs> Making sure everything's okay. Making sure uh, that locker for uh, for Silk Juniors uh, cleaned and ready to go for his arrival on the campus in a few years. I had him. I took a picture at, at, on accident. I didn't know what was going to be in the picture. So last time we was on campus, I took a picture of him at Uma Nillen's locker and then realized he had a, a picture of the top 10 defensive ends that they were ranking. From PFF, for this yeah. Yeah, PFF. I didn't realize they had that list uh, in, in the picture, but a Florida State fan quickly uh, pointed that out. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to, to Uma Nillen. Probably get busy this year. Yeah, he told uh, us he saw he saw that, printed it out, put it in the locker, see it every day. Hey, whatever whatever motivates you, I'm excited to uh excited to see it. Um let's get to the defensive backs. Nick, I've I know I've been going to you first. So so Silk, we'll start with you. Um been dealing with some injuries uh there. I know Jason Marshall was was out for uh, a couple of practices uh, there, maybe just a practice. Um, but Jalen Kimber, I know Jaden Hill uh, is back. We all know the season used to go as Jaden Hill went. So mm, um, kill that, don't man. don't know if that's the tagline for this year because the last time we made the tagline, the team went six and seven. Um, but defensive backs seem to be uh, doing well. Uh, so what's your what's your take of what you've heard so far? Well, you had a couple guys sit out last practice, like you said, Jason Marshall, uh, mm-hmm. or in the scrimmage, Jason Marshall, Devin Moore, um, I think so. Also, Jaden Hill. But overall, the talent is there. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is seeing Kimber without that cast, hearing that he's making waves, and you know, even when Jason Marshall's out, they just give you know other guys opportunity to step up with the freshmen. I feel really good about um, Mustard Dijon. Uh, he's yep. going to be a really good one. Uh, Jakeem Jackson, I think we got some studs that we can rely on, uh, and we don't have to worry about bums over Baghdad if, if one of our starters was to go down, one of our veteran guys was to go down. So um, cornerback is you – know, I'm, I'm feeling like a bullfighter with that room. We just got to, you know, stay healthy. Uh, mm. Devin Moore, I think it could be, you know, potential to be a, a first, second-round pick type mm-hmm. talent. But it's all about health, you know. Uh, he missed the entire last season. Same thing with Kimber. Our cornerback room just got a little weird last year. Uh, it was already weird with the cushions, but uh, us losing some talent in that room, uh, it was a big drop-off when those guys went out. So I think we, we required some depth there. I feel real good. I feel good with Corey Raymond taking over the entire room and doing what he wanted to do. So I think we're going to be able to press and blitz a little bit more and get a little bit more excited because we got guys that we can put on the island. You know, jam, play off ball. Jason Marshall thrives at playing, you know, up close and personal with these receivers. So we'll get to see a little bit more than that. But cornerback room, I have no pressure, no worries whatsoever. Yeah, Safety's think, another story, but DB, corner, yeah. I feel good. 
Yeah, I think it's just health. You know, um, I think you're just kind of giving Jason Marshall some rest. Um, Corey Raymond has said that Jalen Kimber is an NFL cornerback. Um, Mm, Just, you know, obviously had to just just had to battle through some stuff last year. Um, You know, I'm interested to see Jaden Hill, uh, him playing nickel, uh, playing star and and how that shakes out with uh, him and and Perk, Jadarius Perkins. Um, But like you said, so there's a bunch of talent there. I think maybe. I've been high on Dijon Johnson, but I've been, I've heard, you know, hey, listen, he's just playing kind of on instincts right now. He just got here, um, but I, I think he's making plays. And if you make plays in practice, you're, you're going to find your way to the field. Um, but between Jakeem, Marshall, Hill, Dijon, and Devin Moore, um, just stay healthy. You've got some depth there, but, you mm-hmm. know, stay healthy. What are, you, what are you hearing about the star position? I didn't mean to cut you off, Dan, but what are you hearing about star? I like Sharif Denson a lot. Uh, is he is he making any waves in camp? Yeah, I don't. I just don't think he's he's in contention to start there. I think they're going to go with Perkins um, and, and Jaden Hill. Those are going to be their two guys. Um, Sharif can do it, um, but you know, in terms of right now, I think you've got a, a guy in Jaden Hill and Perkins who've you know been in college since uh, since Spurrier was here. Yeah, since the Obama administration. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Nick, any cause for concern with uh, Devin Moore or Jason Marshall being in non-contact uh, uniforms? Um, Billy said return to play protocol, which to me sounds like concussion protocol for Devin Moore. Um, okay. He was out at the scrimmage, uh, but just like in tennis shoes, has pads on, holding his helmet, but didn't go through anything. Um, and it's a it's a different injury. You know, last year was the the shoulder injury. So this sounds like possibly a concussion. So it's it's a pattern of injuries, but it's not like the same thing happening over and over again. I like that it's not that shoulder again. That was my biggest worry that he reaggravated uh, that shoulder. So um, mm. don't don't like head injuries, but I'll take a different injury for sure. That's where you get into like a, a weird area when you're only saying you know upper body, lower body because you say uh, Devin Moore out practice upper body, and you're like, all right, well shoulders upper body. Mm-hmm. Uh, Y'all hiding it from us. <laughs> uh, we got uh, safety. Um, again, we talked about Kamari Wilson probably being penciled in as, as one of the starters. Uh, you have uh, you have RJ Moten, uh, and then you have um, – um, who am I thinking of? Um, Miguel Mitchell. Miguel, Miguel Mitchell. Mitchell. And then you have – um, you know, a few freshmen uh, back there as well. Uh, Nick, has any of that been been clarified at all? No, and that's a position that I am not confident with um, yeah. heading into the season. I think Kamari Wilson has looked all right. Um, I'm, I'm out of the Miguel Mitchell hive. Um, you, RJ, you Martin, the whole hive. You gone? I'm. I'm. I, you left I'm, the hive. Man, watching, watching from afar. Um, Nose, nosebleeds, huh? Yeah. Um, I, I love Jordan Castell. I think he's getting a ton of burn, a ton of run right now. Um, and, and then RJ Moten's a guy that brings a bunch of veteran leadership. Um, I, I'm interested to see what he looks like when he's playing, you know, in an SEC competition. Cause I think there was a stat that we wrote about it that we, we found that he hadn't given up a, a touchdown and pass coverage at Michigan. I think you're playing uh, some different speed here. Um, yeah. So you think that that streak ends this year? It's already Hopefully ended not. in practice. Yeah, it's already ended in practice, but then, you know, that's that's not a game. Mm. 
Um, but it definitely looks like he's getting used to the speed uh, on this roster. Hmm. Just right. a Any... little different with the young boys. I, I love Jordan Castell, but, mm -hmm. you know, if those guys turn into barbecue chicken, then you just go with a young boy. My biggest concern is the clips that I'm seeing is the tackling from the safety position. You know, mm -hmm. you're the last line of defense. I want to see my safeties run that tunnel, run that alley a little bit better and, and bring down. I don't know if we're not bringing guys down to the ground in camp either. Um, so I'm, I'm judging them with, with a little ignorance. But I, I want to see my safeties not just in pass defense, but also in run defense tackle better. Yeah, and that was certainly something we saw a lot last year. You know, Miguel Mitchell, uh, you know, missed a, a number of tackles. Kamari Wilson missed a number of tackles. Uh, the team as a whole uh, missed a ton of tackles. In fact, the team for the last decade has missed a ton of tackles. So hopefully those are some things that are getting uh, shored up, um, you know, on the, this defensive side of the ball because Florida allowed so many plays to go for first downs or for 10, 20, 30 yards, whatever it might have been, just because of those missed tackles. So even if you allow a play to happen, it's stopping it in the tracks rather than letting that go, that four-yard completion go for you know, 15, 20, 30 yards. So uh, we'll definitely be interested to watch there. Was a concern last year, looks to still be a concern. Uh, obviously, they've recruited the position well, uh, continue to recruit the position well, but that's certainly an area of concern for the Gators. Um, before we get into the offensive line and defensive tackles, uh, any other final thoughts on what we've seen thus far, Nick? Any special teams updates to uh, to report on? Do we have a kicker? No, uh, not that I know. Not that I know of. Um, it'll it'll be interesting. That's I, I think that's probably the probably the uh, position group that everyone's paying attention to uh, on the edge of their seats, worrying about losing sleep. Already lost. Yeah. All right. Um, I've I've seen bad kicking. I've seen good kicking, and I've seen bad kicking. Um, I'm hopeful. Don't know why, but I'm hopeful. All right, let's get into the offensive line, breaking that down a little bit further. Before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Again, Silk is wearing a Home Field Apparel shirt right now. Uh, Stone cold about, drip. <laughs> about 15 to 20 different Florida Gators retro logos, uh, super soft cotton, uh, great shirts, get compliments every time that I wear them. Uh, so go check them out. If you have a friend, family member, spouse, uh, coworker, whatever it might be, uh, that went to another school, they are adding a bunch of new schools each and every week. So go check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code stadium and Gale at checkout uh, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Uh, Nick, let's break down the offensive line. You mentioned uh, some starters, so we'll start with you uh, here. Uh, to run through, we had a left tackle, Austin Barber and Jordan mm -hmm. Herman, left guard, Micah Mazuka and Nijay Harris, uh, center, Kingsley Aguakin and Jake Slaughter, right guard, Richie Leonard and Jalen Farmer, right tackle, Damian George and Lindell Hudson. Uh, Cam Waits is back in a limited capacity. Micah Mazuka has returned. Uh, Richie Leonard, I guess, was in uh, what they used to call the pit, but off the side with mm -hmm. some other uh, injured players. Uh, and Lindell Hudson got into a minor car accident, uh, although he seems to be recovering. Um, 
Nick, some some concern. I know that we were a little bit higher on this group. Uh, obviously, uh, Keontae Goodwin uh, is transferring to be closer to his mom, um, but that's a group where not a ton of experience. You have a, a decent maybe front five, but after that, there's there's some big question marks that we're having. Yeah, I think you you have three tackles, um, and one of them I think was uh, you know a, a, a slightly above average tackle at FIU. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think if Barbara were to get hurt, you know, you're, you're putting Lyndall Hudson at like left tackle or Damian George at left tackle. Uh, I think, you know, you have a two deep, but really, you know, there's a, a tier of that two deep. Um, so you, you've got to get some depth and, and get somebody ready. You know, uh, I asked Rob sale, uh, when we spoke to him, uh, how many offensive linemen do you want to feel good about? I think his answer is always going to be more, he said mm-hmm. maybe eight um, right now, so that'd be like three guys behind them. I think one of those guys is Najee Harris. Um, they really like Jake Slaughter. We haven't seen a ton of him. Um, so while I like Florida's starting five, I, I don't know that there's depth to withstand the kind of you know injuries or at least you know non-contact jerseys we've seen uh, along the offensive line. So uh, Richie Leonard is back. Mike Mazuka is back. Um, so you've got your starting five back. And, and I think, I guess the one good thing about guys being injured in camp is that you, you get experience for, you know, Najee Harris and you get experience for Rod Kearney and, and Bryce Lovett, some of the other guys. Yeah. Florida's lucky. Um, Lindell Hudson, uh, kind of a late grab for that recruiting class, uh, probably just used as a, an additional piece of depth, but, uh, could be, um, you know, a situation where he does play quite a bit. So uh, to be able to at least get some experience um, grabbing that right late, right before the transfer portal, because I think he was slated to go to USF. So, um, you know, unfortunate circumstances, uh, you know, have played the Gators on the offensive line, but uh, LAC are able to go grab that, uh, that last person, no matter how much we see him or how good he is. He's right now your number two uh, right tackle. So what are your, uh, your thoughts on, uh, on that, that front five and, and back five there. Yeah, they just got to stay up. healthy. Uh, I think this is just my opinion, but it seems like the staff is being precautionary with injuries and mm-hmm. uh, playing the safe side a little bit. But uh, it, it just – and while you're playing precautionary, taking those those measures to, to keep the team healthy, to start the season healthy, like you said, that, that provides opportunity for these younger boys to get some reps. Um, I think we know we could get out of Mazuka. So seeing who backs him, tackles the biggest worry of any of them. But I think all the depth and the guys behind the, the media five getting reps in camp is going to be key and important. And we just got to battle the, the war of attrition. Uh, we win the war of attrition in the trenches. I think we're going to have a successful season. Yeah, Micah Mazuka, um, you know, good to have him back. Uh, good to keep him on campus after a little bit of a flare up last year, uh, our last uh, last spring. But uh, you know, a guy that comes in uh, just as a reminder, uh, Pro Football Focus gave him an eighty two point nine uh, on the season. Was on Pro Football Network's Team of the Week uh, in Week Three of last year as a starter for Baylor. Uh, comes in obviously with uh, with a lot of experience. Um, you know, again, Austin Barber, we saw a lot out of him, uh, freshman, all SEC, you know, again, he's going to be getting a majority of that playing time now, um, or is going to be a starter, right? So making sure that you can stay consistent and, and not just when you're called upon, but each and every play that you're out there, uh, and then going back through the list, you know, certainly Kingsley Aguacan is getting 
uh, quite a bit of of national recognition as as one of those guys that maybe is a an all SEC type of player at center. Uh, you know, Florida had some snapping issues uh, in that game against uh, Oregon State last year. So uh, hopefully we get those cleaned up. Richie Leonard, a guy that's been on campus for a little while now, gets that opportunity. And Damian George, a former uh, heavy player at, uh, at Alabama, loses that starting spot due to injury, uh, comes to transfers, penciled in. So those five um, I am very excited about. But, you know, we've not seen – you know, much out of uh, Jordan Herman, a, a, a JUCO transfer. Nigel Harris is a freshman. Jake Slaughter's been on campus for for a few years now. Jalen Farmer don't know much, you know, about him other than you know a a, rec- a recruit that was you know highly sodded, but again hasn't played at that speed yet. And then Lindell Hudson, he comes from FIU. You know, just just obviously. A, some cause for concern if injuries do start to happen. And when you have shoulder injuries, those start to get re-aggravated. So, you know, hopefully, you know, Florida with the precautions that they've been taking can keep this group healthy. Cause if not, there's, there's just a, a big gap in my opinion, between one and, and two. Yeah. And Cam Waits is a guy who could, could play, could have played. Um, I thought it was wild to see him back. Um, even, I mean, he's just in the pit, you know, um, right. but just, just that he's weight bearing and doing stuff, um, you know, around eight months after an Achilles surgery. So I don't know when he will be back in football shape or cleared to go through, you know, practice to, to then get back on the field, but he'd be a guy, it would be huge to get him because he has played tackle and he's played guard and he's a kind of would be a swing guy for you. And if he were hundred percent healthy, he would be probably your fourth offensive tackle. Um, okay. If they if they wanted to do that, uh, you know, because they moved him to guard kind of late last year, but he played tackle at Louisiana, and, and when he first got to Florida, played tackle. Yeah, looking through this list here too, we didn't mention Roger Kearney, uh, the freshman. Uh, he seems to be getting quite a bit of uh, of snaps on that that second and third team, so he's a guy uh, that could play uh, a little bit as well. Bryce Lovett, Nick, you mentioned his name as well, a, a freshman. Uh, maybe you see him, you know, certainly you don't want to necessarily throw in a, a freshman offensive lineman unless you have to. Uh, and then Cam Waits, uh, the transfer from Louisiana, 6'8", 364 pounds, uh, coming off an Achilles injury. So, again, those are one of those things that you just want to slowly work back. But uh, a guy that understands the the offensive system, um, you know, spent last year, um, you know, just – learning more about the way that the Gators are going to operate, but they, you know, certainly was recruited by Billy Napier over at Louisiana. So uh, one of the few that transferred over from that, uh, from that university when Billy Napier came over. So, and then Jordan Herman, you know, guy that the Gators were able to get out of community college. Um, you know, so I think he was, I think Florida only had two JUCO transfers last year. Uh, so again, a guy that you're going to rely on, but he's six, eight, 371 pounds. So, a huge offensive line group this year. So again, I think that the only thing that we can say about this group is health, 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 and health. No doubt. All right, let's get to the defensive tackles. Uh, but we appreciate our friend Stone Cold Drip Sauce hey, Tim. Yo. Hey, back at it. Appreciate you uh, each and every week showing up. Uh, ready to see this team shut the doubters up. Oh, I hopefully. Do that again. I- 
I had a Rick Ross grunt. <laughs> that's what I thought. Uh, that, that, oh, that's that, why it's more of a grunt than a. Yeah, it's more of a grunt. Blowing the nostrils out. All right. Um, let's get to uh, the defensive tackle. Uh, the Gators um, bring in, you know, a lot of help uh, for that position. Uh, let's see. Let's let's work through this list right now. Uh, Cam Jackson, obviously the transfer from Memphis, a guy 6'6", 371 pounds, uh, comes in as a junior, uh, is your expected starter there. Uh, no real doubt about it. Uh, Desmond Watson, a guy that I know a lot of fans are, are rooting for, 6'5", 439 pounds. Uh, Caleb Banks also transfers from Louisville. Um any other names? Jamari Lyons, I know, is a, is a guy that's playing defensive tackle uh, as well. But uh, any additional thoughts? Jalen Humphreys is also a guy uh, that uh, has slated to play that role. And Chris McClellan, I think, is is he working? I know he's working inside. I know he's worked a little bit outside, too. Uh, but give us your thoughts on the defensive tackle group. Yeah, I think you got a really solid four. Um, yeah. With with Banks and uh, and Cam Jackson starting, uh, McClellan, Des Watson behind them. I think Will Norman will get a bunch of playing time this year as well. Um, you know, those are five guys, and, and you're not going to have to ask Desmond Watson to play. You know, the 360 snaps he played last year. Um, I think Jamari Lyons is, is is getting a lot of praise from the coaching staff, um, but you've got some guys there now. It's not you know. It's not to the point where Georgia, Georgia running, you know, like their hockey line changes and just running out a whole new group of five-star defensive line. Um, but the depth, I think, is going to help Florida because we talk about third down a lot, but, you know, you're losing on first down, you're losing on second down because you've got guys who are playing their 45th snap of the game, 50th snap of the game uh, in the fourth quarter. Um you know, I think it'll help to get a, a healthy rotation with McClellan, Norman, Watson, Banks, um, and uh, and Cam Jackson. You would have had Tyreek Sapp there, and he can still go back and forth depending on how mm-hmm. the other guys are, are helping there. So there's a ton of depth inside, um, and that's just simply the transfer portal um, and, and the recruiting class. So um, those were, you know, all those guys that, that were mentioning there, like Billy Napier's guys. Um, and, and that's a position group that I think is in a totally different place heading into this season than it was last year. The whole front seven, man, just it flips of both both rooms, uh, mm-hmm. all rooms. Uh, and I think the, the hit rate is going to be very good with uh, the transfers that they brought in. Not a lot of fluff and a lot of just, you know, people taking up scallies here. Um, but, yeah, Desmond, Desmond Watson getting less reps and not being a guy we rely on for starter snaps is going to be major key. This mm-hmm. this year, if he get that, if he scribble fumble, he may take it to the crib. He may be, you know, fresh. He may he may still fall. <laughs> we'll love to see it. You know, like take that yeah. thing to the house a little bit, bro. You know, looking like Fred Taylor in that twenty one. Uh, seeing Will Norman, like his him beside Chris McClellan this past weekend, seeing how big he is as a freshman, uh, and and hearing that you know he's a guy that we could get some reps out of. We don't have to rely on the young boy, but uh, he definitely could jump into that rotation and provide us some snaps as well. But you know, our starters are two guys that wasn't on campus last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just huge. Gravon went on to the pros, and Desmond gets to get less reps. So it's just, you know, a lot of wealth at that position. And it's a, that's going to be key to getting wins. When we go out to Utah and that the aptitude's a little different, the guys may get a little winded, who knows. But I think we'll have the depth in the right positions in the trenches to be able to, to stay fresh and do what we need to do, man. But absolute upgrade at the defensive line 
the whole defensive line, but defensive tackles just a lot of well. Yeah. Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head. There's just not uh, – there's not much of a better opportunity that you have uh, to be a good, strong defense and to be able to rotate out some defensive tackles and, and not rely on the same two for a majority of the game. Uh, they're doing a lot of work to put a lot of work in each and every play. They're getting beat up. They're getting pushed down. Um, they're getting winded. So to be able to have a, a group of four that you can – steadily rely on and then you know be able to add in a fifth uh those are are the differences right uh, florida lost a lot of one score games last year and, and maybe if you have some additional push you wear down the other team's offensive line a little bit more maybe a couple of those games get flipped uh and, and turn into wins so you know we they say the sec is one in the trenches so you know florida is definitely upgraded uh, on the defensive line and the offensive line you know at least that top five looks looks solid now it's just a matter of, of health and you know seeing this team all put it together here so yeah, I think um, the defensive tackles also is going to cause havoc with, with moving pockets you know quarterbacks won't be able to get comfortable and sit still I think we got some guys with some get off with Caleb Banks and, and Cam Jackson that can also pass rush and not just you know take up space in the run game because that's a lot of what Desmond Watson is he's suited to take up just blockers and and let the linebackers roam free mm -hmm. a little bit. But now we got some defensive tackles that's going to crush, you know, pockets, you know, change the, the launch point for quarterbacks. They're going to have to move around a little bit more. And then, you know, we got Uben kneeling and, and some monsters off the edge. So, overall, it's just going to change our whole defensive look. That's just how important defensive tackle is. Yeah, while we look this up, I'm going to look up uh, last year – because uh, I know Florida did not get much in way of a ton of what they call havoc. Pro Football Focus does. I'll see if I can find this. Uh, that's certainly something that, that Florida is going to want to do. And now defensive tackle is probably never going to be a position that, you know, gets a ton of snaps and, and their presence is felt in other ways uh, on the defense. But if I remember correctly, and I'll see if I can pull it up quickly. If not, we'll talk about it next week. Um, but one of – you know, the issues that Florida was having uh, last year was, um, yeah, they were, we were 95th in the country last year uh, with Havoc. And that's it. That's trying to, you know, get after the quarterback and, and force them to make quicker decisions. So defensive tackle really struggled last year in, in terms of doing that. And it's not necessarily just that the quality of person that was in the role, obviously Gervon Dexter gets drafted high in the, the NFL draft and Desmond Watson does what he had to, but there's no depth there. They weren't, they weren't fresh and, Obviously, it's going to wear and tear. So being able to have this group of, of four or five that, that go in, uh, I'm super excited about about um, uh, Cam Jackson, as I think most fans are. Uh, so we're you know excited to, to see what this group is. But this could be probably the most improved group, uh, I think, uh, over last year uh, as a whole. So uh, let's see here. Any final thoughts before we get into this Utah game a little bit? Yeah. Nah, nah, let's talk about you. All right. Kind of so um, quick question here while we pull it up. Um, kind of a, a tricky question because you can't necessarily uh, take position out, but Isaac Earl said best five DBs are on the field at once regardless of position. Who are you choosing? Oh, like five corners at this point probably. Uh, Say what? <laughs> probably five corners at this point. Yeah. If you're going with our best yeah. five DBs, who I think is probably going to be <laughs> – the, the top of our cornerback room, uh, and that's just a lot, lot to be proven from the safety position. Just not, 
uh, hearing okay things, but not, you know, the guys in our cornerback room, I think are NFL Sunday guys, you know, on the, on the two deep alone, you know, you're going to get Sunday guys. So um, I would just go, of course, our three top guys, Jason Marshall, Jalen Kimber, um, Devin Moore, and then, then, then you, you get into Jakeem Jackson and, 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 and uh, Dijon Mustard. Dijon. Dijon, <laughs> that's my five right there. Um, it's hard for me to pick a safety right now, just going off the track record and what I'm hearing. I just got to see and hear more. But those are my five. You just can't throw corners at, at safety like that. So, mm. Nick? Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to think. I, I wouldn't put. Yeah. A, I wouldn't put a safety in the group. And then, uh, are you ready to already say like Jakeem Jackson is in that? The Dijon's in that. Um, maybe. Uh, maybe I'd throw one safety or a star and uh, add oh, Jaden Hill or, or Jadarius Perkins. Throw one of them in there. That's hmm. nasty work. <laughs> That's nasty work. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's get into uh, the final uh, part of our show. want to talk a little bit about Utah uh, as that game is nearing in 17 days. But before we do that, let's give one final shout-out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. They are on Archer Road in Gainesville. You can visit them at alumnihall.com. Um, the most Florida Gator stuff that you're going to find – uh, anywhere, whether it's clothing, whether it's accessories, uh, whether it's grilling and tailgate uh, tools and things that you might need, uh, go visit them uh, on your way to Gainesville uh, or when you're in Gainesville, go visit Alumni Hall right there in Archer Road right after you get off of, uh, of 75. Uh, again, the best and biggest selection. Uh, They're going to have the black jerseys for sale. We can talk a little bit about that too because I know the fans were in a little bit of a tizzy when they saw that at the bookstore. They're going to have black jerseys available. Uh, the coaches, Polos, Nike, Jordan, uh, champion, everything that you could want. So go visit alumnihall.com, the best place to get your Florida Gators uh, apparel and accessories. Uh, some news out of Salt Lake City that we saw uh, come up. Uh, first things first, Utah does full contact practices with their quarterback. Uh, surprised. Insanity, I would say. Uh, to be going live with the quarterback, watching some of the clips, they were mm -hmm. getting blown up. <laughs> but um, I don't know what the, 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 the update is on Cam Rising, where he's at with it, but Brandon Rose goes down. Uh, to the hospital. I haven't got any clarification on exactly what the injury is. There's a lot of like rumors out there that I don't want to just report, but they're saying that he may be out from anywhere from like four, six to eight weeks type type uh, injury. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Cam Rising. But to be playing your quarterback, your backup quarterback, which you, you started already out coming off of ACL and, and you know, uh, get, getting yourself ready for fall camp in that manner to, to go live. It's, it's two things. They didn't, they weren't sure what they was getting from neither of these guys, so they wanted to see some live action. Mm -hmm. um, if, they, if these guys were lighting it up in 707 and they kind of had a gap in between the number two guy, I don't think they're going live like this. I think they went live to see if these guys are gamers, uh, like mm. they like to say. Some guys don't practice well, but, but when the bullets start mm -hmm. flying, they practice a little better. So I think Whittingham was trying to see what these guys look like when the bullets are flying, and that may have cost him his uh, second, his QB2, Mm -hmm. uh, to start the season. Yeah, so let's let's do a high-level quick discussion here. Cam Rising out with a knee injury. Uh, 
Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of Utah, said uh, that he would want him to be healthy 10 to 14 days before uh, before the game against the Gators to feel comfortable putting him out. We are 17 days out. We know that Cam Rising has been at practice but not participating uh, in live practices, QB1. Brandon Rose is the number two quarterback. He takes a hit. Um, again, there's rumors, so we're not going to talk about what the actual injury was. Uh, does end up going to the hospital uh, and uh, – they said that they are talking weeks, if not months, for his recovery. That leaves Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson battling for that uh, second string spot, which, again, if Cam Rising's not fully healthy. And, and listen, I know that this game is very, very important to Utah, uh, but does not determine whether they can go to the playoff. Truly, they can still uh, win the Pac-12 or whatever they call it now, uh, the Pac-12. Uh, so, you know, it would be important to make sure that they're not rushing him back in order to try to go after that that conference crown uh, for them. So that's certainly a bit of a coaching decision that we'll have to see. Uh, but uh, but throwing in a backup quarterback uh, when your starter is not yet starting um, is is just a, an odd thing to allow them to take direct yeah. hits at any at any point. Right. Any any direct hit on a quarterback. I always yeah, I thought mean, was a bit taboo. Yeah, I don't want my quarterback getting smacked. I don't care <laughs> like what's going on. I don't need I don't want Michael Leon smacked. getting smacked. Who's that? Yeah. Exactly right. He's a Floyd Gators fourth string wide receiver right now. Quarterback. Yeah. That's yeah. what I meant. Fourth yeah. string quarterback. Yeah, take him down to the ground. I was just playing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, UConn transfer. No, I don't I don't see the benefit of like you still could run by and just slap his shoulder pad, you know, and right. there's ways of, of counting sacks, but getting mm -hmm. him blown up and taken down to the ground, like I just think that's very caveman football. And it just didn't seem like a uh, an accidental hit. It seemed like they were playing and probably were playing before that, uh, as if they were they were playing a, a, a live game. Which is, they did it in spring as well. They they went right. full takedowns uh, of the quarterback in practice and also the spring game. It was it was vicious stuff. Um, so it looks like they'll go with uh, if Cam Rising can't play. And and Kyle Whittingham said that ten to fourteen days at Pac twelve Media Day. It's arbitrary. Um, also, it's not going to be Kyle Whittingham's decision um, if if Cam Rising plays. That'll be up to the doctors. Uh, if if he's cleared to play. Kyle Winningham will play him. If he's not cleared to play or if he doesn't feel well, the doctors aren't confident, they might uh, not be able to play him. Uh, I think they go with Bryson Barnes now. Um, yeah, over walk seen the Seen the field 13 times, 10 times last season, uh, was Rising's backup, uh, finished last year with 57 pass attempts for 430 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. I think yeah, it's similar so, to us in those regards, right? I think uh, you have. I'm sorry, Dan. I didn't mean to cut you off. I think you yeah. have. Um, I think you have. I think Nate Johnson is is probably the guy that's similar to like I would say a Max Brown. I don't know how. Like I'm not hearing great things about his arm, but as far as athletic abilities, he's a yeah. 10-500 meter guy that could break the pocket and maybe cause some havoc. But he's pretty much a wire, a glorified wide receiver at quarterback at this point. But they have a similar uh, situation to us as far as you know, QB two, QB three. I think. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, Silk. Uh, Nate Johnson, uh, obviously a track guy. Let's see, uh, offensive player of the year as a as a high school player uh, in T-Rack, uh, probably one of their football divisions, T-Rack offensive player of the year, um, was 
the CIF Central Selection Athlete of the Year, threw for 1,600 yards uh, as a senior, 94 carries for 812 yards, um, but only rushed. I think he played one completion last year for 16 yards, five rushes for 51 yards and two touchdowns. So again, a lot of inexperience there. Uh, Bryson Barnes, like you said, former walk-on, went 37 to 57, two interceptions, four touchdowns, 430 yards, 20 carries, 116 yards. Um, I, I think when you talk about arbitrary dates and Nick, like you said, Kyle Whittingham said about, uh, about rising playing, I think, you know, with your backup number two out, uh, I think that arbitrary becomes a lot more arbitrary mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what that actual timeline is, right? If you are confident in a backup, I think that you, you, you play your cards a little bit differently than if you have to go uh, to third string or fourth string. So, um, again, big news out of uh, Salt Lake City uh, with the Utes. Would be interested to know um, who of the fan base is going to be there. Silk, you're going to be there, right? Yeah. And Nick, you will be there. Um, mm -hmm. If you're watching in the chat, uh, looks like a couple people uh, are in here. Michael Roper said that he's staying close uh, to downtown. Aaron Hodges is staying uh, downtown Salt Lake City. would be curious to, to know how many fans are going out there. Obviously, a much smaller stadium uh, than Ben Hill Griffin. I think it holds about 51,000. Uh, but curious to see. A lot of people I know that I've talked to are going to make the, uh, the flight out to Salt Lake City. So if you're going, drop it in the uh the chat here and maybe you'll uh you guys can meet up and do a little stadium and gale pop up yeah, let's make it on real orange and blue out there in, in salt lake uh and then finally uh the commotion over black jerseys nick we've talked about black jerseys for a while uh you were ready to break the news uh but we couldn't um when we interviewed billy napier it finally comes out that they're going to wear them against arkansas uh in a game where the proceeds of selling those jerseys are going to be helping the veterans um but nick the the jerseys came out silk want to get your drip thoughts too uh comes out looks like the traditional gators jersey um but uh i guess across the chest it has the script gators uh nick do you have any additional insight into those jerseys are that what they gonna or is that what they are going to look like or uh, was that just a, a fan jersey uh, that's that's created for sale? Give it, give us your thoughts. No, nope. you're not. Uh, they uh, you'll see. I think uh, the fifteenth uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tuesday. I think Tuesday they're gonna go on sale at uh, Alumni Hall. Uh, yep. Use. Um, I I think what you're going to see, obviously the material. Um, right. And the you'll have the SEC patch, um, and I think a Gator logo patch. I just think I, I don't like the Gator script. Uh, maybe I'm getting old. But I just didn't like the Gator script. I think it made it look like a like a cheap jersey. Um, but I there was a lot of outrage, and it was like I don't know what you thought Florida was going to do. I just always thought like that that one Marco Wilson edit that's been around for like seven yeah. years, and it's literally just making the current jersey black not really right. changing anything or going with a different design. I thought that looked really clean. Um, I think that's exactly what they did, except they added that little Gator script across the, uh, like basically between the, where it would have the SEC patch on the upper chest and between the number. And now it just kind of looks jumbled up there. Hmm. Hmm. I'm a different so type of wash. I'm, I'm get off my lawn uh, type of wash when it comes to Jersey. So, 
I didn't have a lot of high expectations for the black. It's hard to go wrong with black. I think once that jersey goes onto a, a shoulder pass and, you know, they uh, put everything else around. I also don't think they're done with that jersey. I don't know if that's a finished product, what they put on. We'll see. But I don't think that's a finished yeah. product. I think it's going to be sauce they, when they, they drop it. The jerseys are made. Yeah, but they could patches and, 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 and accessorizing the jersey, I think it still happened, right? Maybe that was a uh, a plant. Maybe they wanted to, hey, Ooh. let's leak Let's leak something out and see what the reaction is. Yeah, put the factory car out there before you put rims on it. You see what the, what the streets <laughs> say. I think I think it's going to testing. It's hard to go wrong with, with putting black on jerseys. Like every team I've ever seen in the history of using black jersey, they always hit. So I think they're going to be fine. You know, you throw the pants and, and whatever the color of the helmet matters as well. Um, but I'm not, bro. Go win some football games, bro. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't really get too caught up in t- the uniforms. I have my favorites and stuff, but you know, Georgia, Bama, them guys got like a couple uniforms, bro. Bama got like three of them, home away, and then alternative. You get in the same jersey. Just go win football games. The drip will take care of itself. McElwain pulled out some crocodile drip. That was egregious that I had to lie and say I like. So I'm just to the point where just keep it trill. I just think black will be all right. You said you like those at the time? I had to lie at the time. You know, it's, it's all about good PR. You know, keeping we was down. We need a good PR. And then he threw out them ugly jerseys. I'm like, bro, we need a good PR, not more bad PR. So let me <laughs> pretend I like it and see if I can get a high of people to agree with me. Uh, didn't work out. Most people say it was trash. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. All right, boys. Uh, Nick, you have song of the week. As a reminder, if you are watching, appreciate everybody that tuned in today. Please like and subscribe uh, to us on YouTube. Uh, please leave a comment. Uh, please share after as well. Uh, please support our sponsors. That's Alan Horn Insurance, the Gatorverse.io. A fan go tickets again. Think Airbnb for your tickets. Our friends over at Home Field Apparel. And, of course, Alumni Hall, where you can get your jerseys tomorrow if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to us on the uh, Apple Podcast uh, or Spotify. I'll get them today. Just go run up to Alumni Hall, Tom Stadium, and Gale sent you. Nick, oh, my gosh. Silk, final thought before we leave. Final thought, man. My final thought is if Kyle Whittingham sends Cam Rising out there, uh, and I already told y'all how my defensive tackle is moving to lunch point. Armstrong is sending sending plenty of 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 guests to that living room or what it what, what Cam Cam Rising is trying to sit man. So if they if they do trial him out there, we still gonna see Nate Johnson and the other guy. Is that's my take. So regardless <laughs> regardless we gonna see them other quarterbacks, bro, because. My front seven is crazy, and, and Armstrong is even crazier with the pressure he's going to send. So, you know, let's bear down and, and get some good Gator football, some de- Gator defenses back, bro. We're running down on Utes. That's my final take. Let's send the Engage 8. Engage <laughs> 8, baby. I think, we can get, I think we can get to the pass without engaging too, man. I just think, you know, Engage 8 is just going to be piling on at that point. <laughs> Nick, any final thoughts before we head out of here? No, that was a crazy take that you threw up on the screen, though. Yeah, so um, before I give a final take, uh, Tebow's underscore Tebow, uh, which is a girl on top of – or a gator on top of a girl. Don't want to know what's happening, but he said the gator gator skin jerseys were the best jerseys we've ever had. 
Uh, we have the ability to block people uh, in this <laughs> chat. We're not going to do it because we're nice, but uh, that's a take that uh, I think you you might be on an island with, which uh, if uh, segue here, uh, want to give my uh, prayers to those that were affected uh, in the Maui and Lahaina uh, fires. Uh, certainly a, a terrible circumstance. So if you find Absolutely. it in your heart, um, I don't like to make tragedies uh, about myself or share pictures of when I was there. Um, but if you if you can um, really try to, to to help those that that need it, uh, Hawaii is obviously so far from the United States in terms of getting materials uh, and just the access to to labor and equipment and everything else is just not the same uh, as if a, if a situation were to, to happen here. So um, prayers to those that are in uh, Hawaii and dealt with, uh, you know, an unspeakable disaster with the uh, the wildfires that that really just decimated a, a town that was burnt uh, almost completely down. So uh, my prayers go uh, to the island of Maui. Nick, give us your song of the week. All my life, Dirk and J Cole. I thought it was going to be uh, Casey and JoJo. Ha! Could have been. Could have been. That was my um, high school prom song. It was Casey and JoJo all my life. A banger. And banger. if you want that uh, Gator Skin jersey, just go to your local Marshalls, TJ Maxx, uh, <laughs> Goodwill. Ross. Goodwill. You, I'm pretty sure you can find that Gator Skin jersey. All right, boys. We'll see you at the same corner at the same time next week. Dougie, you told me he been on some positive shit. Yeah, yeah. Lately, I just want to show up and body some shit. Yeah, yeah. Always been a little mathematician Lately this cash I'm getting Got me losing count of these bags I've been moving too fast Hard times don't last Remember when cops are rats Talking out my ass Boy, you ain't shit But a bitch with a badge All my life They be trying to keep me down All this time Never thought I'd make it out no, 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 all my life, they be trying to keep me down, I decided I had to finish, but the media called me a menace, I just sat with the mayor and politicians, I'm trying to change the image, you can't blame my past no more, I come from the trenches, some said I'd never be a superstar, but I know I'm different, I'm the voice, but the system ain't give me a choice, know some people that's still unemployed, I know a felon who tryna get foy. Child support, your only support. For a visit, I'm going through courts. Went to jail, they was chaining me up. And you know that I'm famous as fuck. See how you gon' joke about stimulus. But they really had came in the clutch. I know some kids wanna hurt themselves. Stop trying to take drugs, I refer to myself. Trying to better myself, trying to better my health. But all my life, they be trying to keep me down. All this time, never thought I'd make it out. No, no, no. All my life, they be trying to keep me down. First generation ghetto nigga, cold world, hello niggas. Made it out of the city with my head on straight. Niggas keep shooting up the let out. Yo, Jordan Pill gotta get out. The shit that I spit out is a cheat code Like I'm facing a Rico. How a nigga put a hit out 
and another one, and, and another one. I got like a hundred of them by the left, niggas, so they think they ahead of me. But I'm really in front of them now. Some of them fumbling they bad. Fucking up the little crumbs that they had. A reminder to humble yourself. This shit could be gone in an instant. Me, I'm running long distance. All pistons, firing. I've been stuck between maybe retiring and feeling like I'm just not hitting my prime. These days, seen rappers be dying way before they even getting they shine. I never even heard a little buddy. To somebody murder little buddy. Now I'm on the phone searching little buddy name. Got a plane as tunes all day in my room. Thinking, damn, this shit wicked to get their names buzzing. Some niggas just gotta go lay in a tomb. And media thirsty for clicks. I got a new rule. If you ain't ever posted a rapper when he was alive, you can't post about him after he get hit. It's simple, it's the principle. On any tempo, I'm invincible. Don't even rap, I just fit to you. I'd rather that than an interview. Most days, fuck them all like I'm going through a whole phase. Young niggas shoot out the whip like road rage. I pray all of my dogs stay so paid. And the only thing to kill him is old age. All my life, they be trying to keep me down. All this time, never thought I'd make it out. No, no, no. All my life, they be trying to keep me down.